podcast episode number 187. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Improved Photography Podcast. I'm your host Jim Harmer and today I am joined by Larissa Gobetz and Connor Hibbs. Hey guys. Hey. How's it going? Well, it's going well. We already recorded this once and I just got a blue screen of death on my computer. Um, and so hopefully that won't happen again. <laughs> See, that's what happens when you throw a Windows computer in the mix uh, that we need for the <laughs> video system. It does things like that. No, that's the first time that's ever happened. All right, we uh, have a bunch of questions today. Um, the first one from Andrew Block, he says, I'm curious if anybody is still using Pixoto, 500px, and Flickr, or is everybody just having fun on Instagram? What do you guys say? Are you guys still using those websites, or are you just doing everything on Instagram? Um, I am an all-Instagram kind of guy. I never really got into any of those, really. Like, I made a Flickr account once, and I don't think I've ever even logged in. I like 500px. It's cool to kind of go and look around and get some inspiration. However, it's not really something that I have any real desire to post anything to, but that's that's just me personally. What about you, Larissa? Um, I'm the same way. I'm mostly an Instagram user. I have gone into 500px and I have looked for places that I plan on traveling to see what kind of shoots are in there. Um, and I have a Flickr account that I attempted to this year do a 365, but haven't made it anywhere near 365 <laughs> or, you know, even half the year. So, or even 120. Mostly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I probably made 60 or maybe 90. I'm not even sure. Hey, 90 is better. So I don't, I think the 365 is like a myth in photography. Like nobody has ever actually made it before. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, for me, um, I used to love Pixoto and I talked about it all the time on the podcast. I don't have any problem with it now, but I did kind of just, just kind of fall out of love with it, I guess. Um, it did feel like the algorithm stopped being quite as accurate. Felt like they were really cutting down how many, um, how many challenges your photo would get in, uh, without paying. Um, and, and so I, I kind of quit. Um, but, but I don't know what it's like now. I haven't been on for, for several months. Uh, 500px I've just never uh, I, I've just never really caught on with I use it regularly like when I'm going to photograph a location I'll look for ideas and stuff like that uh, but in terms of like just you know in my free time I'm like oh I got to check out 500px it's just never been that for me um, and Flickr I used to do a lot on in fact uh, improved photography uh, a lot of what we have today is because of Flickr. We built up little groups, uh, you know, seven years ago on Flickr uh, and helped build the, the community. Um, but I haven't been on there in a long, long time. Uh, I'm sure my profile is dramatically out of date. Um, I it took a long time to catch on to Instagram, uh, but I really do enjoy it now. Uh, I go on there a couple times a day. My, my uh, handle do we still say handle? My idea is uh, improve photography, my profile. Um, if you follow Jim Harmer, you're just going to get, you know, backyard barbecues and the kids and stuff. Uh, but improve photography is the one that I'm using posting the, the photography stuff. What are you now, guys' do you switch Instagram off profiles? Between them? 
Yeah, I switch off. I love how the app has that you can have two different accounts on there and switch between, you know, the business and personal one, uh, which is awesome. I don't know how long Instagram is going to remain awesome. They've already announced that, you know, they're owned by Facebook and they're going to go the Facebook way and, um, and uh, not show everything in your feed just so that they can now start charging companies to show up. Uh, which is really annoying. Uh, it makes me not trust Instagram going forward, but I, I still really like it for now. Well, and it's already non-sequential, isn't it? Uh, at least every time I log in, it seems like things are scattered where I see something that was posted a day or two ago and then a couple hours ago. So I think that they're already starting to implement a bit of that, Yeah, which and, and I, I agree with you. I hate that. I hate it. Uh, you know, I, I get their reasoning for it because Twitter, you know, stuck to that for years until recently, um, and it kind of messed up Twitter. But that's not the case with Instagram. Nobody is complaining about, you know, seeing way too many posts and I can't see my friends. That's not happening. The reason no. they're doing this, there is one reason this is happening. They're trying to make it harder to see uh, posts so that they can start to charge people with big profiles and businesses uh, because they don't want you, um, you marketing your business without paying them thousands of dollars. Let me make a note about that, by the way, because this applies to anybody that has a Facebook page for your business. So Improved Photography has just shy of 700,000 followers on our Facebook page. When I write a post, a good post is going to go out to 300,000. Most posts are going out to like 20 to 40,000 people are getting the post. Even though I worked for years to build up that community, I sent the traffic to Facebook uh, to build up this community and then whoop, they pull the rug out from under you um, and they say, oh, you want to contact the people that, that said they want to hear from you and that you built the community of? Yeah, you're going to have to pay to do that. Uh, which is their prerogative, but now they've made it so impossible for a small business to succeed. Um, oh, let me let me go on there right now. I will show you the actual numbers for this. It's absurd, and the reason I talk about this is because I know a lot of you um, have Facebook pages for your business. So here's a recent post. If I click Boost Post um, on something that we've posted recently, if I spend... $3,000 for wow. one single post, it will go out to one-seventh of the audience that Improved Photography has on Facebook. Three grand for one post gets out to one-seventh of the people uh, that we built in that in that Facebook page. Uh, Facebook, now, is that because you have so many followers? If someone has fewer followers, is it cheaper? Yeah, it's going to be cheaper, but you still, like, there's not even an option here for me to contact everybody. Uh, it's just, it's absurd what's happened. And it's expensive even if you are smaller. Uh, it's more when you have a page like this, but, um, but it's expensive no matter what. And so, like, who has the budget for that to pay $3,000 per post on social media? I mean, they've just really hammered small businesses. If I were doing a local photography business, you know, wedding photographer, etc., I would steer clear of Facebook pages. Not that they can't succeed. Um, they obviously can, but uh, I would go 
after an email list way before I would go after the Facebook page. So uh, rant completed. I don't know how I got on that, <laughs> but uh, but it's crazy. And so when you're starting a business, just be careful. They're making the rules there, and Facebook is not your friend. They want big bucks from big companies. They are not out there to help small business. I'm right there with you on that. I mean, it's not like if you were to advertise through Facebook, it's not like it wouldn't work. It's just going to cost you an arm and a leg, and that money is so much better spent elsewhere. I mean, you can get a lot more creative advertising that actually targets people in your local area in a way that, I mean, Facebook also targets people in your local area with, when you choose for them to do that. But it's going to cost you so much money that it's not even going to be worth it. Yeah, and, and there are definitely times that Facebook ads can still be great. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is it is not what it used to be and to be very careful about building up a community on Facebook because uh, Facebook is not your friend. When it, in, term, in terms of trying to help small business, they are not your friend. Okay. <laughs> Rant completed. <laughs> you guys like brought out Angry Jim right at the start of the podcast. All right. I think it was a little bit of that blue screen of death that brought that Maybe out. Maybe that was it. I haven't been on Windows in so many years that I was like, this is why I left. All right. Ron Lawrence <laughs> says, I need some advice. I'm beginning to need storage outside of my internal hard drives for photos, but there's no way I can afford a Drobo. What are some other options? Um, what would you guys recommend here? Get a good <laughs> external hard drive. Yeah. Like, first case, you need to get an external hard drive. Um, I think a lot of people end up going this route for a while until they can afford something like a Drobo. But if you get, um, what is it, the WD My Passport, I think uh -huh. that you can get a two terabyte drive from them for 60 bucks, 80 bucks, something like that. And I mean, there are some much larger drives that you can buy, and storage is getting cheaper and cheaper. So, yeah, I understand why a Drobo isn't necessarily something that you want to go for right away, but it's something to consider. And in the meantime, there are plenty of other awesome options for you that are decent external hard drives. Yeah, you can buy an 8 terabyte hard drive now. And so if your internal drive is filled up, go get an 8 terabyte external hard drive. Um, just put all of your photos on that. Now, if you have and disorganized, messed up Lightroom catalog, please go over to improvephotographyplus.com. There's a two-week free trial, and then it's $20 a month. Um, and I have a full-length tutorial that I just put up last month called Lightroom Medic. Uh, the whole purpose of Lightroom Medic is this exact kind of situation. You know, your internal storage is full. Now what? What am I going to do with my Lightroom catalog? It's, you know, I have years of photos. I haven't really been diligent about keywording. And now every time my wife says, hey, can you find photos of the kids? I need to print it. You're like, oh, I have no idea if I can ever find those. Uh, or, you know, it, it's just when you have a disorganized Lightroom catalog, you don't feel like you had it right from the beginning. This is like how to fix it. Lightroom Medic walks you through a step-by-step -step process. In a couple weekends, you can have a super organized Lightroom catalog, uh, walks you through step-by-step. -step. And also, um, it, I, I'm teaching some cool techniques in there with uh, facial recognition and stuff, how to make it work way, way, way faster. So if you have a messed up Lightroom catalog because of this, um, then that's a great place to go. But you have to make sure, no matter what, that all of your photos are on one 
drive. Those are, I included that in the cardinal sins on that Lightroom medic training um, on improvephotographyplus.com uh, is that you have to have all of them in one place. The danger zone, the place where you're more likely to lose your catalog than any other time is when you have photos distributed on multiple drives. You know, you have some on one external hard drive and some on the internal hard drive, some maybe on another external hard drive. You are in extreme danger of making one little mistake uh, and losing a huge portion of your photos. So if that's you, uh, this is a great time to get organized. Go buy an eight terabyte external hard drive, not terribly expensive. If you need more than that, but you still don't want to pay the money for a Drobo, go buy uh you know, $80 enclosure on Amazon, you can get a dual drive enclosure that puts those two drives together for, you know, 80 bucks. You can have two eight terabyte drives. So you can do this very expensively. It's not like you have to have a Drobo the second that you, that you outgrow your internal drive. There are lots of step up options from there. So Jim, do you recommend each time you need more room just to move everything to a bigger and bigger drive? Yeah, or adding a drive to your enclosure. Uh, you know, if, if my eight terabyte fills up, I can just get an enclosure that I can have two eight terabyte drives now and then you're set. Okay. Because you can keep, as long as you're buying those big drives and you're putting it in, in one of these enclosures that you can inc include two drives, you can keep stepping up from there. You know, three years from now, you look down and you say, oh, well, I have, okay, I have three eight terabyte drives in here. Um, and now just now you do have the budget for a Drobo and you just take those exact same drives, slip it in your Drobo and you're ready to go. As long as you're putting them on those big um, extra, those big uh, hard drives, you can always put it into a new enclosure and keep growing with it. Uh, you know, even a, as you outgrow just, a you know, your regular uh, external hard drive, just a one drive in there. Uh, all you got to do is grab a screwdriver and just undo the thing. And it's just a regular drive in there that you can slip in one of these enclosures or in a dro Drobo, etc. But remember, this is your one copy of the data. This is going to be uh, your data on the computer in these drives, you know, connected to your computer. You still have to have a backup. Just because it's an external doesn't mean it's backed up. It's still only in one place. Um, so, you know, you may look at something cloud for that if you have very reliable internet um, and a, a ISP that kind of allows these things and won't won't uh, start to slow you down. Um, but or, but you it know, is an option. maybe even a few months, just a two, three months for everything to back up without adding anything else to it. That also works. Yes. Just go on a on a hiatus from photography you don't take any new <laughs> new data and just let everything get backed up you're just like your three-month photography sabbatical you're like it's the photo fast <laughs> <laughs> do you, are any of you guys using online backup i use backblaze backblaze i have heard really good things about it I, i've heard that it's not too expensive how much do you pay for that yeah, if you don't cheap. mind me asking i think it was like 50 bucks a year per computer Dang, that's that's really not bad. I, I use one. I can't. I can never remember the name. I don't know if it's my PC backup or backup my PC, but it's some iteration of that, and it's around the same. I think it's sixty to eighty dollars a year, um, and it has unlimited backup. However, it has a bunch of upgrades for like if you want everything to backup faster, which they can't even guarantee because my internet service provider could very well slow it down on its own. Um, 
but it, it has done a great job. It took, as I said, a few months to actually back everything that I had up. And even then, it was it's still constantly playing catch up. But I, I only put my photography related files on there. And that is a way that I can keep it backed up off site. Right. Cool. And Backblaze will let you um, any hard drives you have attached to your computer, it will back up also. That is definitely a bonus. I think that that's something I'd have to pay extra for through my service. Yeah, but it, it, it's worth doing no matter what it takes. It's it's some work to get all organized, but it's worth a couple weekends and a little bit of money to do. Uh, you know, we're spending a lot of money to take photos and a lot of effort, and we want to make sure that they're backed up or to prevent a very bad day. And speaking of very bad days, Connor, you <laughs> had to attend a wedding this week. <laughs> Uh, yes. So you attended yes, a, a wedding as as a guest, like not the photographer for once. Uh, how was uh, this? Um, we'll say it's the first wedding that I have gone to since I started becoming, like shooting photography in general, especially after shooting weddings. And, you know, th there were definitely parts where I learned things and I thought it was really kind of a cool experience seeing the way that people that do the thing that I do work and the ways that they work differently for me. And there were some great things like they had these two photographers had excellent communication with the DJs at the wedding. Uh, the DJ was kind of announcing to everybody and helping the photographers pose everything and saying, okay, before we throw the bouquet, we're going to take a photo of it. So we're going to pretend everybody get excited and look like you're going to fight each other off. And I mean, it was really great and fun because every time the bouquet toss comes around, I feel like I'm just so rushed and panicked to get a good shot and inevitably they're always, eh, okay. So that was something where I was like, oh man, I need to start talking to a DJ more and really have my communication down between the other staff at a wedding. Um, on the other side of this, there were some areas in which this photography team was lacking and it made me realize, wow, I really am not too bad at this because I work. And the main photographer, we got there about half an hour before the ceremony started, um, came in. It was a beautiful outdoor garden wedding, and there was a little pond behind where they were going to get married. And the photographer was just standing up by the altar with her camera down by her side, not taking any photos, not taking any opportunities for anything that was happening around her. And, I mean, there was a lot happening around her. There was, there was a group of parents that kind of sent their kids over, and the parents were talking, the kids were playing, and then they, they sat there and posed their kids and had them in a perfect pose. And this photographer literally looked over, saw that that was happening, and then looked away instead of picking up her camera and it just oh it made me grind my teeth because i'm like these are the moments that you're being paid to capture um there was also a lovely moment with a little flower girl playing in the grass right next to the water and again she looked over saw it and didn't take the photo um so that's that's something that while i understand everybody has their own style um, i don't know that anybody would argue that missing incredibly precious moments from somebody's wedding day is a style of work that anybody can really get behind so i learned a lot and i also learned that my actions are something that people are going to notice given i pay a lot of attention to photographers as a photographer photographer myself but i did notice that other people were kind of looking around wondering like why isn't she doing anything in this time so that is my rant Maybe her clock hadn't started ticking yet. 
Yeah, she Maybe wasn't on the that, clock yet. She's like, I'm not getting paid till seven o'clock. I don't care what happens. It doesn't count until the bride is literally coming down the aisle that I can pick my camera up. Right. And I was telling Connor earlier that I had attended a wedding where the photographer left right after the kiss, um, just walked out of the church and waved goodbye. And I don't know if they had paid her or not for anything extra, but I probably would have stayed till at least they left the church, whether they were paying me or not. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think sometimes the mistake um, is when photographers even offer options uh, that are clearly going to going to produce substandard photos like you know you you're trying to compete on price and so you say i'm going to offer you four hours of wedding coverage for seven hundred dollars you know just because you're you're trying to squeak in there in the low price but when you do that you're pretty much guaranteeing that the client is gonna end up unhappy even if they know that they understand it's just four hours they're not a professional photographer. They don't realize uh, what they're going to be missing out of their wedding day when you do something like that. So I think it's important as you're putting together pricing packages that you never create a package that's going to automatically create a substandard product. Another example of that is, you know, you're trying to compete on price and you say, you know, I'll do your senior photo shoot um, and uh, I'll give you, you know, one eight by 10 and three wallets. Like, that's for, totally from the 1990s. Who wants wallets anymore? <laughs> Seriously. Uh, but photographers are doing this all the time. Every time my kid comes home, you know, from my my uh, one son has gone into second grade this year and the other one's going into kindergarten. And every time they send home the little picture packet, it's like for $30, <laughs> you can get an 8x10 and, and a bunch of wallets. And it's like... That this nobody wants this. When you send home the eight by ten, I guarantee you, ninety-five percent of the parents are gonna set that eight by ten on the counter, get their cell phone, <laughs> take a picture of it, and post it on Facebook. Nobody wants the eight by ten, and and certainly not the wallets. Uh, so I think sometimes photographers, when we're trying to compete on price, we do things that are gonna guarantee they're not gonna be happy with it. So just make sure your cheap package, you know, it's it's all right if you want to do something an entry level so that you can, uh, you know, advertise lower prices. But at least make it something that's doable for them that they could actually be happy with if they choose it. I, I completely agree. I mean, no more words to add to that. Perfect. I'm, I'm killing conversations left and right tonight. <laughs> I've just like been angry, Jim, the whole time. Ay, ay, ay. Uh, it's been a long night. Blue screen of death set me off to start. All right. Um, we have lots more to talk about. Larissa is going to talk about prepping for uh, her upcoming trip to the Greek Isles. Um, but before we do that, we want to take a second and thank a really cool company, Uh Lately, I've been thinking a lot about some of the companies that Improved Photography uh, works with and does a lot of things. And um, Brent Rents Lenses is a company that I just really like because he's a nice, friendly guy uh, who gives and takes. And like, it's just a nice business relationship when you're working with somebody that's trying to take care of you. Uh, he's trying to give back to the Improved Photography uh, um audience to our community by supporting the podcast and paying for uh, this ad you know when you go on the website you're not sure what lens to get you can actually email the owner of the company um, and get an actual person to respond to you um, I, I just really love to see that 
you know, this is a good small business from a really good guy. Um, and so I'd love to see the improved photography uh, community supporting him in return. Um, it's brentrentslenses.com, and you can get 15% off your first order by using offer code IMPROVE. So next time you're going to be renting a lens for a vacation, you know, you're shooting a, an event, something like that. You want to try a, a different kind of lens or something like that. You're going out to do a wildlife shoot or something like that. You want to try out the 7200 before you consider buying it. Um, just when you're doing it, I just ask you to please try BrentRentsLenses.com. Uh, it's just a good guy. He's doing a lot to support our community, and so I'd love it if uh, we support him back. Uh, that's BrentRentsLenses.com, and use offer code IMPROVE. Uh, I look forward to the day that it's available all over the world. I know some of you from uh, other countries have, have mentioned that sometimes we have uh, advertisers that you can't support, uh, but uh, the day's going to get there. Brent Rents Lenses is going to go worldwide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Larissa, uh, you are heading out on a big trip. Uh, tell us what you're thinking about it. Um, I'm thinking about packing for my big trip. One of the problems that I had when we went to St. Martin was I had rented the um, A6300 and I had my tripod in my bag and I had my platypod in my bag and I did not have the plate that attaches to the ball head on my camera because I had left it on my D800. So everything, all the pictures that I took that would have been on my tripod, I had to use handheld or put it on a railing or something. So there are plenty of iOS apps and probably Android apps also that have packing lists where you can, they give you a list and then you can modify the list also. Um, so I would suggest using something like that or having a checklist as you put things in your bag to ensure that you don't forget, you know, the little things. It's always going to be the little things that you forget. You won't forget your camera. You won't forget, you know, your computer, your hard drive, but it's going to be the memory cards, the batteries and all that kind of stuff that you forget. And going where we're going to Santorini, I don't think there'll be a camera store on the island anywhere. So I don't think I'll be able to pick up anything that I forget you know, just right there. So just keep a checklist and make sure that you put everything down there that you need and check it the night before. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been doing something that's been really helpful in that regard. Um, my family teases me because, um, my closet is getting filled up of junk shirt, junk tourist shirts from gas stations <laughs> because I keep going uh, traveling places and my luggage doesn't make it. And so I got to go to the little, you know, souvenir shop and buy some dumb shirt from where, for wherever I am. Uh, we did a, a improved photography workshop in, in Oregon and I just forgot my bag of clothes. I just didn't put it in the car. I was in such a rush. And so I had to go to the, this, hole in the wall gas station and buy every dorky looking souvenir shirt they had. Uh, this has happened like three or four times now where I had to buy those shirts and my closet oh boy it's just in a sad sad state anyway uh, so I totally know what you mean about it being very easy to forget stuff so I've used a new system that's really been working for me so I use the mind shift gear rotation 180 uh, horizon uh, backpack. Um, I, I've talked about this uh, bag, this bag, a lot of times. Awesome bag. It has the weight waist belt that flips around. It's the Goldilocks size, not too big, not too small. There are other versions of this one, um, 
but in the top compartment, it's completely open. Um, and so you can store bags and stuff, but when you don't want that, you want to fill it with more gear, uh, you need an insert. You can buy one from Mindshift, but I actually don't love theirs as much as just the Tenba bag insert from a different company uh, that they use for their messenger bag. It fits perfectly in here and makes a nice uh, space behind it to put in a laptop. Anyway, so I am buying actually a couple of these Tenba inserts uh, so that I can leave them packed all the time. So when I come back from a trip, I can just take out that top insert and set it down. And then I have one insert packed with flash gear, one packed with my portrait lenses, and another with like landscape filters and all that. Uh, so that everything is right there together, my bag, and then everything else is in those inserts. And so none of the essential gear, the batteries, the battery charger, the, uh, the quick release plates, all that stuff, it never actually leaves the bag. And if I never take it out, then it can't get lost. Um, so that's kind of been, been my new system. And we will see if it works for me going forward. But I think it's going to finally uh, fix my problem and make sure I pack everything, including uh, shirts. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So what are you going to shoot while you're there, Larissa? Um, I normally will create a calendar every year. So I'll be shooting sunrises and sunsets. Hopefully I'll be up early enough for the sunrises. I don't think sunsets will be a problem. And is this um, a calendar you're selling or what do you do with it? I normally will give it away to the customers that I've had throughout the year and then I will sell it on my Etsy site. Ah, um, very cool. So you're it's kind of, of a remember me thing for your customers. Um, right. And, then, and how's Etsy, how does it work? I mean, are, are you making any sales on it? Has it worked for you? Um, I have not sold very much on Etsy, but I do not have a lot of items on there. I did sell a calendar last year. I think I sold like three or four of them through Etsy, um, my calendar for Italy, because we went to Italy last year. So I don't have great sales on Etsy, but I have, I think, less than 20 photos on there. I know there are other photographers that have well over 100, and I think it's a volume game. You know, the more you have on there, the more people can search and the more they find you. So yeah, I, I can't I just haven't gotten around to putting more on there. I was talking to somebody a little while ago. I can't remember who it was that was telling me this, uh, that they were making like almost a full-time income selling photos on Etsy. And I thought, what in the world? Uh, I, I, should, I should remember where that was, but some people are doing really well with it. I know there's one girl um, that I follow on Etsy. I look at her shop. She does a lot of photography um, in Paris and things like that, and she sells a lot. She also has – she started with her Etsy shop, and I think her first year she made like $2,000, I think is what she said. And then after that, it's increased, and she actually has photos um, contracted, I believe, through like some of the – design stores you know like artwork for stores and stuff like that so she's done a really good job in building her etsy business that's very cool yeah, well, i hope to get there one day yeah you, we will <laughs> well uh i want to talk about something uh that makes me nervous um i read a business thing a little while ago um that basically said if if you're if you don't feel nervous in your business you're probably not doing enough to change the world and, and do interesting things. And so I thought, okay, well, you know, it, it kind of like hit me like I knew 
exactly what some projects that I've avoided for years uh, because they are scary to me. Like, I have no idea if we can pull that off. Um, but uh, I've mentioned both of them, and I want to kind of give you an update on where both of them stand. Uh, I've been getting tons of messages about them. Uh, first is uh, our first ever Improved Photography Conference. I think we're going to call it the Improved Photography Retreat. Um, this is my take on it. Uh, I've been to a lot of good conferences. There are a lot of great conferences in the industry that are worth attending. However, when I talk to the attendees at, at some of those conferences, the feedback that I hear over and over and over again is that it's too much like school. Like, I didn't take off a week of work and travel to this place to just sit there and listen to lectures. What they really want is to go shoot all the time and do crazy cool photo stuff. Um, and we have tried to do that as much as possible with our improved photography travel group, just going and nerding out in a cool, awesome place to shoot for a while. Well, um, I have, I've been toying with the idea of doing a conference for a long time, uh, and I think the time is here. So this is how it's going to work. It's going to be in Phoenix, Arizona, nice, warm Phoenix, Arizona, uh, the first week of March next year. So great time while it's freezing cold in, in most of the United States. You can be a nice, warm Phoenix. There are some killer places to shoot around Phoenix, some awesome locations. Um, and my goal is to spoil everybody that makes the trip out there. Um, uh, well, I'll just be open about this. We looked at the finances for it, and it's going to cost us like a little bit over 10 grand to get the location because we're not just getting a hotel with conference rooms uh, to do some lecture classes, you know, Photoshop, Lightroom, all that kind of stuff. We'll do that. Luminosity masks. We're going to do that stuff, and we'll have those classroom-type classes as well. But I want to get everybody shooting. And so we're also renting this psycho, over-the-top, amazing photography studio, um, also in Phoenix. And we're going to have a lot of classes there as well. I mean, this is like three major uh, major studios with a cyclorama wall, cyclorama wall. We can drive in a sweet car there and photograph a car in the studio. We're setting up fat budget to get just like every model in Phoenix will be there <laughs> um, to shoot for a few days. Uh, I'm really excited about some of the ideas and I don't want to tell you about everything because I don't want to overpromise and under deliver. My goal is that uh, everybody gets there and we spoil everybody to death. Anyway, uh, so we are finishing out the very final details. I anticipate this is going to be uh, up for sale in the, in the next week or two um, on improvedphotography.com. Um, we're going to be very reasonable on the price. I, I was talking to Emily. My wife is, is kind of leading the charge on this one. And uh, I honestly don't think we're going to make a profit on this. If we do, it's going to be very small. And that's okay with me. You know, eventually, I believe this is going to be a, a, you know, from a business perspective, I think this is going to earn money eventually in other years as we build this up, um, raise prices and do more things over the years. Uh, but for this year, my goal is just to bring people together and have fun for a few days, learn tons of stuff, have some awesome photographers there, not just the improved photography host, but just I want to bring in some awesome uh, people that, that I know in the industry uh, together and uh, 
and shoot, 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 shoot. I want to, you know, people to be out at two o'clock in the morning, out shooting the saguaro cactus and, and just having fun uh, and not making this be like school. So that's my vision uh, for the conference. Um, we're going to limit it a lot. Uh, we thought about having, you know, a bigger conference and we, th we really feel strongly like we should, should just cap it at 130, 140 people so that everybody gets tons of face time with the instructors. It's small enough that you can actually make friends um, and uh, we make sure that we take care, good care of everybody that's there and really spoil everybody with, uh, with some things that we're planning. So uh, take a look at it. Um, when, it's, when it's up, it's gonna be very soon. Um, I don't know how well it's going to sell. The reason it makes me nervous is I've never done anything like this before. And so, you know, we've, we've done our meetups and we get 75 people in the door like that. Um, but I, I've never done anything like this. And so um, I hope you guys back me up on this and come and want to come <laughs> hang out with us because it's going to be really fun. Um, so check it out. It's going to be called the Improved Photography Retreat. And uh, I'll, I'll keep you up with details. But that's, uh, that's kind of the inside scoop there. Uh, if you're interested in presenting at the conference, I'd love to hear from you as well. We'll have details on that. Um, but uh, but that, that's the deal. So then the other thing is the uh, photo locations app. I just wanted to uh, thank everybody who, to, who took the time to go to improve photography um, and leave me some feedback. I posted the mock-ups for what the app is going to look like, uh, at least the web app for now. Um, and then we're going to do the uh, phone app, of course, I think is going to be the part that's going to be the more interesting um, but thank you all for your feedback. I, you guys kicked my butt because it's made like another 40 hours of work for me. Cause I, after I read all your feedback, I'm like, dang, I've got to like start from scratch, but there were some really, really good, uh, good suggestions in there. And I think it's going to make a better product because of it. So the photo locations app, um, I think is going to set back a couple weeks cause I got to totally redo the mockups now cause, uh, I had so many good suggestions. Uh, but uh, I think in two months, we'll have something that you can uh, submit locations online. And then toward the end of the year, I think we'll be ready with the phone app. So uh, really exciting things. I think that's uh, something that could like totally change the way that I do photography is if I had good locations available to me all the time. You know, my vision is that like I can be driving with the, you know, like this last week we went to family reunion in Eastern Idaho. And my vision is that I can be driving and my phone notifies me and says, Hey, it's 20 minutes until sunset. And you're only five miles away from a five-star photography location. You gotta go, you know, like how cool would that be? Uh, and that's, that's the vision for it. So, um, it's going to be a ton of work. Um, I've never done an app before, so this is another intimidating project for me, but, uh, I, I'm wanting to, to really push forward and do some cool things for you guys. And, and I appreciate everybody's support and, uh, and, uh, everything that you guys have done, uh, sending in those suggestions. All right. Um, some exciting stuff, but every week we want to leave you with some doodads of the week. And, uh, Connor, what do you have for us today? All right. So my doodad, it's, it's not the cheapest thing. I don't think I'm great at finding cheap doodads, but it's the Avenger D600CB mini boom arm. Um, I, I have gone through a number of different boom arms for my lights before, and so it's always the kind that has If somebody isn't sure like what a, a boom arm is, can you tell us what that is? 
Of course. So you have your regular stand that's just kind of a pole that sticks straight up in the air. And a boom arm is an attachment that you put on that initial stand to hang your light out over. So it's great because you can shoot directly underneath it. Um, it's a great way to get like a beautiful flat light um, that I like to do a lot in studio. Um, so a, a lot of you can get a decent boom arm that'll last you at least six months um, for you know around thirty dollars, and it's a type that has this weird knuckle that has teeth, and you have to unscrew it, and inevitably you get a jolt of when it releases, and your light almost falls, and it's kind of terrifying and scary. Um, but I've gone through a number of those and they served me just fine because I mean, I didn't really feel justified in spending the, I think about $150 that I ended up spending for this boom arm. Um, finally, after my last one broke, I decided enough was enough and I needed to just invest the money to get something a bit better. So even though this has the name mini in, in its title, it's not mini. Um, I think that the boom arm itself is four or five pounds. It's really sturdy. And the nice thing, the thing that I'm loving about it is that it has two separate controls. So I can, I can boom the arm outwards in a horizontal fashion with one control. And then I can change the way that it tilts with another control, which is something that was just one control with those cheaper knuckle style, um, boom arms. So it's, it's a little bit of an investment, something that you're not going to want to carry with you out into a field every time because it is a very sturdy, heavy thing, but I'm just loving it for my studio shooting. That's awesome. Very cool. Larissa, how about you? I have a book. It's um, Rick Salmon's Creative Visualization for Photographers. The last episode that I was on, we were talking with Brian about um, not feeling like you, you know, you have the technical side of the photography down, but not the artistic side. And this book helps you look at the artistic side um, and a different way to see things. And Rick Salmon is a great teacher when it comes to photography. Awesome. So yeah, Rick's a great guy. Excellent. Thank you for that. And uh, today I am going to recommend to you the Jison Newborn Photography ha uh, Hammock. So I've obviously been taking pictures of my new little daughter. She's uh, five weeks old now. Um, and so this is a cool little hammock for newborns. You know, you're obviously just using this as a prop. You're going to hold them like one inch off the ground. Um, and, uh, and the baby kind of lays in it. And it, it is cute looking. And you take pictures of it. Uh, so <laughs> it's very cool. It's inexpensive. It's only $13. Uh, I found some great props uh, for baby photography um, on Amazon. So if you have a baby uh, coming or a baby photography shoot, uh, definitely worth a try. What I've learned about baby photography is it's like 90% propping and 10% <laughs> photography. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta like be good at the making cute little arrangements of like, look at this chubby baby and how we squish them up. And that's what makes <laughs> great uh, newborn photography. Uh, I'm, I'm, kidding but only a little um but uh you're gonna need some props if you're doing uh doing baby photography for sure uh thanks everybody for supporting the improved photography podcast i'm just overwhelmed with uh 
with uh, the kind words and support that you guys have sent. Uh, we made some big changes on Improved Photography Plus this week, adding a community page, uh, and I am in there every day. So if you guys uh, want to come hang out with me, message me anything, uh, I am always on that Improved Photography Plus community page. So if you are an Improved Photography Plus member, be sure next time you uh, check in to look look up at the menu bar because that new community page is there. Uh, that's our forum, and, and a lot of us, uh, the podcast hosts, are hanging out there. Thank you, everybody, and uh, have a great week. See you in another seven days.